You know Geiger's bookstore across the street? I think I may have passed. You know Geiger by sight? Geiger's in his early 40s, medium height, fattish, soft all over, Charlie Chan mustache, well-dressed, wears a black hat, affects the knowledge of antiques and hasn't any. And, oh, yes, I think his left eye is glass. Hello. 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 My name is Michael Delgado, and today I'm excited to share my conversation with the very talented painter Molly Siegel. Siegel has mastered the art of watercolor, and while that may conjure images of softly rendered still lives or other delicate subjects on small sheets of rich cloth papers, think again. Siegel works large and loose with the powerful strokes of an abstract expressionist to render in amazing detail dystopian landscapes populated by humans coupling. Some paintings include deer carcasses, or beached whales. We have images up on aggeiger.com and we'll list all the places you can see her work online at the end of the episode. While it's convenient to see work online these days, I really urge you to see her work that's up now at the Luna Anais Gallery in downtown LA. You'll be impressed by the scale in such an unforgiving medium. I asked Siegel how she got the courage to work with watercolor on pieces that are as much as five and six feet wide. A lot of it is sort of the realization at some point that my work was stronger um, when it was looser. And Mm. sometimes the smaller I get, the more I have like a little perfectionist illustrator that lives inside me who (laughs) wants to paint eyelashes and fingernails on everything. And I, I love a a miniature painting. I don't think that is like actually what, what serves my paintings. I think that um, the the looseness um, is, is, is serves the, the paintings that my hands make. And so going bigger um, tends to like get me a little less precious and a little more sort of using um, my body to sort of paint and sort of um, scale up as it. And then the other part of it is that I, w- I work on a on a plastic paper, so that mm. gives me a fair amount of bravery too, because um, in traditional traditional watercolor stains like a cotton paper. And that's right. why it has this reputation for being really unforgiving. The paper I work on is plastic, so it, it doesn't really stain and it certainly doesn't absorb. So I can, I can like take a rag and just wipe it back down to nothing until I'm ready to spray it. And so that also, and so that like lets me work subtractively. It lets me work. Big. So there's sort of some like boring material reasons as well. Um, not, no, that, that stuff's fascinating to me. I love talking shop with artists. I, uh, although I gotta say, since you lifted the curtain a little bit, um, I, you know, I didn't realize you, you had that ability because when I was looking to erase things, cause I was looking at them going, fuck, how does she do that? Yeah, no, I, I would be better off. Then this is a continuing pattern where there's always like a version where it's like, you could have just shut up and let the magic happen, you know, like, but I don't have that ability. I've been watching um, the uh, song exploder on Netflix 
Right, that's right, right. A, um, that's a conversation that musicians often have with lyrics, where right. a lot of musicians are really pretty much like, I don't want to tell you what those lyrics mean to me because it will close it off and take away the magic. And that right. is absolutely true and absolutely right. But I want to know everything, and I have a bad <laughs> habit of, like, telling everything, you know? Right. Even though, like, there's a version where I should just shut up and, like, let people wonder. That bit of technical insight in no way diminishes the virtuosity with which Siegel wields her brush. Looking closely at the work, you'll notice a myriad of little details that add up to a sum much greater than its parts. For example, the way a leaf attaches to the stem of a thistle plant is gently rendered with the slightest stroke that magically transitions the purple of the stem toward the brighter green of its leaf tip. In another part of the same painting, skin tones vibrate from an agitated application that may have been produced not with the brush but with the end of the handle. Siegel, however, is modest. There's a, there's a real immediacy to sort of working the way I do because it's watercolor, which is a pretty simple medium. And mm -hmm. so it's just, you know, the, the pigment and, you know, water and brags. And so there's not a ton, you know, I have to, I, I mount those papers on boards in my studio, but, um, but it's not the same as like stretching and preparing a canvas and, mm -hmm. Um, you know, and, and some artists are able to have that push and pull and that battle and that like, oh, it's bad, it's great, it's bad on, and I'm sure I, I could, but there's something, I, I always paint best when either I'm really frustrated and I hate a painting or if there's no deadline and I kind of feel like there's no stakes is sort of when, when things happen that are, that are good. In the show, several of the pieces are hung such that the bottom of the paper is not fastened to the wall. This allows for the subtle curves and natural bends in the paper caused by the watercolor process to be accentuated. In some of the pieces, especially those involving animal carcasses, it lends a sense of a dried skin. The way that that paper is sort of feeling like leather was um intentional and um and I was with the installer I was pretty hands-on with the installation and I think it just felt like that's a different kind of paper that's not the plastic paper I use that's a um a paper that's actually supposed to be used for oil paint and I just didn't think that I mean we could we could affix as many pieces down on the bottom as we could but you know it, it that wouldn't get rid of the 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 way the paper is sort of um, buckling a little bit. So it seemed like the most elegant um, version was just to not shy away from it, I think. The delicacy of the medium that I mention is contrasted not only with the almost action painting style that Siegel brings to some areas of certain pieces, but also with the dystopian landscape. And actually, I hesitate to call them dystopian because... I know these landscapes, and anyone who's driven north from L.A. into California's Central Valley will immediately recognize them, too. You see the roller coaster silhouettes of Six Flags Magic Mountain, 
as well as the silent, incessant hammering of the pump heads that stretch to the horizon and the oil claims surrounding Bakersfield. Siegel told me that she had seen these fixtures while driving from her hometown of Oakland into L.A., but I wondered how these images had landed in her work. Sometimes I know exactly why I'm painting something and I sort of start with an idea or a concept and sort of work to work around that concept. And with these, it was, it was, it it started more with the visuals where it's like, I don't know what this means. I don't know why, but these feel important (laughs) or these feel, or not even that they feel important, but that they feel like something that has become stuck. Like they're, they're now, living in my head and mm-hmm. um and it, the 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 work kind of ended up feeling like it was about um about finite resources and sort of um the ways that the things that we sort of rely on and give us strength or comfort also kind of can kind of leave us feeling vulnerable It was very refreshing to hear Siegel admit that she was simply struck by the landscape of oil fields and felt compelled to put them in her creative blender without a particular recipe in mind. Too often I listen to some MFA polished spiel about the import of certain decisions in an art-making process that just stretches credulity. I did, however, want to know more about the humans in these landscapes who are primarily engaged in group sex. Coupling in these rough-hewn vistas seems primal, carnal, even bestial, and that sense is heightened by the presence of the aforementioned animal carcasses. How did all this get added into her final recipe? To me, I mean, a lot of the ways that the the figures are existing in the in the landscape feel to me like it's also about finite resources, whether that's like you know, I mean, there's something about, you know, sex or orgasm or intimacy, I would say, that um, that that feels um, in line with the way that I'm thinking about some of these things. I think people being in each other's presence and disconnected or sort of connected in um, sort of complicated ways, I think, is sort of one of the things I'm kind of interested in when I think about things like intimacy or finite resource I'm both always I'm thinking about like emotions and like like interpersonal relationships and I'm thinking about like the intimacy that I have with like the city I'm living in or the ground I'm walking on or sort of like what it means to live in a place that feels hostile you know or something or what it means to survive in a desert Siegel was trained at CAA and earned her MFA at the Museum School of Fine Art at Tufts in Boston. Siegel's talent seems, however, to come naturally, so I wondered if she had been encouraged in the arts at an early age. Yeah, I was I was always like good at drawing and painting and I was raised by um socialist hippies in Oakland who thought art was pretty cool and um and so I've been sort of encouraged I mean I I didn't know that professional art was really a thing you know I I always thought I would 
the artists I knew were waitresses. And so I thought I was going to be a waitress who did art because that's what I had seen was how you do art. Um, and, uh, but, uh, but I was also very, and, you know, sort of, um, I sort of joke that I kind of followed paths on the back into this career until, <laughs> until, um, just cause, uh, and in grad school or something, I, I think a lot about that. I think about how people end up in art school or how people end up in the art world. And I think about sort of like, two of the major tracks I see is one is like what I call like the little sketchbook kid who's like the kid who's like, like me who was using like drawing as social currency all throughout. Like I was drawing and selling little drawings of Tupac to all my friends in high school. And, um, and um, that was like a way to be accepted or to fit in or something. And um, I thought my whole idea of what art was, was sort of like, well, who can, who can draw hands the best, you know, like who can, who can draw the best and that's what art is. And then you get into art school or the art world and you realize that people don't, that, that it doesn't matter and that it's like this like world of ideas, um, that, that for me at some point was, was sort of hard to, understand whereas I have friends who I met in art school and friends who 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 fell in love with like art or or artists and and sort of were like oh these are my people these weirdos this is this is my tribe this is the language that I want to speak even though I don't and I'll figure out how to do it when I get there right and so and so like we would come at it from these really different places where I spent a long time just being baffled by the art world, just not, not getting abstract art, conceptual art, not getting any of it just because I, I was very literal. Um, and eventually like I, I did get it, you know, eventually I did, you know, but I, but, but it's just interesting to, to kind of share that space with these people who are just sort of, we're sitting in, you know, Ohio and we're like, Oh my gosh, this is where I'm supposed to be. This is, these are my mm-hmm. people. And how do I get there? You know? Thankfully, Siegel has been able to wed a command of her medium with interesting ideas. So I had to ask what she might be working on next. Um, I'm really excited to um, to work without a deadline for a second. I don't have. I don't have. I'm excited. I want to make some weird fucking failures of paintings. I want to. I want to try some stuff that I was maybe a little bit too much on a deadline to um, to experiment with. Uh, when I get back in the studio, sort of, I want to, I want to make a bunch of, uh, um, I don't know if there's going to be as many landscapes. I think it's going to be maybe closer to some of the, the few, the, a couple of the figurative pieces that are a little bit more sort of like color blocked and abstract that I kind of want to play mm-hmm. around and um, uh, sort of. Yeah, I just want to do some playing and make some um, some paintings that may or may not ever leave my studio. Uh, just to, yeah. sometimes you gotta you gotta just make the bad dumb painting, and uh, and then sometimes it's it's great, and other times you're like, well, nobody has to see this. <laughs> <laughs> so that's sort of what I'm looking forward to is a is a little bit of uh, of um, of painting without um, without any stakes at all. Yeah. 
Well, wonderful. Well, I'll, um, I'll look forward to what you, you, you come out with next. And it's been a pleasure talking to you. Thank you so much for your time. I'll, I'll yeah, in- thank you. All right. Well. All right. Thanks, Michael. Yeah. Have a good evening. Siegel's work is on view through April 2nd at Luna Anna East Gallery at Wunzimmer, located at 621 South Olive in Los Angeles. And on March 7th, my good friend, critic, and author Shannon Nice Dambrot will be having a conversation with Siegel, so be sure and check that out. You can learn more at Luna Anna East. Dot com that's l u n a a n a i s dot com and at mollysegal.com and Siegel is spelled s e g a l mollysegal.com you've been listening to ag geiger presents tales of the la art underworld ag geiger presents is produced by me michael delgado in conjunction with the mayfair hotel and the music and artist management company regime 72 check us out at mayfairla.com Regime72.com, and of course, aggeiger.com. Thanks for listening.